Hello, and welcome to Dare to Know, interviews with quality and reliability thought leaders. I'm Tim Rogers, and today I'm pleased to be joined by Rick Wong. Rick received his MS degree in electrical engineering from Santa Clara University and his BS degree in chemical engineering from UC Berkeley. He has over 30 years of industry experience. He joined Cisco Systems in San Jose in 2006 and has been engaged in IC component technology reliability assurance, SEU, WLR, ESD, failure analysis, and reliability modeling. Prior to Cisco, he worked on ASICs, FPGAs, TCAMs, and memories. He has 18 patents and over 200 published papers. Rick and Peng Su from Juniper Networks are the co-originators of the upcoming IEEE CPMT Soft Error Rate Workshop in Sunnyvale, California on November the 3rd. Rick, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Rick, the Soft Error Rate Workshop next month in in uh, in uh, Sunnyvale sounds like a great opportunity to share some best practices. Would you give some of our listeners some some details about the event and why they should mark it on their calendars? So this event uh, covers the alpha uh, soft error effects. And this is from an alpha particle being emitted from the package and affecting the states inside an uh, integrated circuit, Mm -hmm. which is different than most other conferences, which is why we started this conference. Other conferences such as uh, NESREC, the uh, nuclear and space effects, or RADx, the radiation effects, they look at mainly space effects and... Uh, some terrestrial effects due to neutrons. Mm -hmm. What we're looking at is the effects due to the alpha particles, which is pretty much the semiconductor package itself Mm. uh, affecting the semiconductor. So you don't need uh, external environment. It's just its own internal environment that affects itself. And we felt that when we started this workshop, we felt that this area wasn't being addressed in current uh, conferences and symposiums, so that's why we started this workshop. Right. Yeah, that, that sounds important. I mean, the, you're, I, it, there just wasn't you had an audience out there that just really, really wasn't being served by the existing conferences. Correct. So, who who is your target audience? What kind of folks are you particularly trying to reach? Who who should be attending? Um, we our target audience is very broad. It's anyone who works on reliability mm-hmm. and also in materials. So let's start with the reliability end. The reliability end is the people who work on um, the errors, the soft mm-hmm. errors that occur. Mm-hmm. And the soft errors that occur, there's um, the, you need to understand the rate at which it occurs and uh, what happens when the error uh manifests itself Mm -hmm. so that you can correct from it. So those are the reliability folks and then looking at what the impact is at the system level. But the other ones are the materials engineer, which is why we have a broad audience, because I mentioned that the alpha particle actually comes from the semiconductor packaging. Right. So there you have uh, materials uh, engineers who are looking at how 
how we get these materials because we got to go all the way down the supply chain and you know we've done that interviewing our way down our supply chain basically looking at how the materials are mined and then refined uh, to remove uh, alpha emitting impurities mm -hmm. but then you also have our other audience which is the physicists because how do you measure the alpha particle that's coming off of this material after right. the material has been purified so we have uh, physicists, uh, also an audience, that work on the measurement of the alpha particle coming off the uh, material. And that's not that trivial because we're talking about very low-level radiation. Um, it's much lower than background level. Mm -hmm. So if you just went outside and scooped up some dirt and measured that, you're going to get much, much higher than what we're talking about. Wow. Yeah, I, I know the emphasis here is on is is on the the rate of soft errors and being able to measure that. Uh, that's that's uh, sounds like um, it's an important focus of the workshop. Uh, yes, the measurement of the rate is there are standards on how to measure the rate, but there's a lot of challenges, and we will be there will be a, a tutorial in this year's workshop talking about the challenges of actual measuring the the failure rate. Um, Got it. Rick, it sounds like you've got a real diverse set of people here. I mean, physicists, very um, theoretical people, as well as more practical reliability engineers and supply chain people as well. Is this, how do these people get along? I mean, what, are, are they, has this conference been a, a good opportunity for them to uh, interact with each other and really learn from each other? Yeah, I think you'll see that um, what happens is now that people understand all the in our workshop, you see all parts of the the problem. Yeah, and then it gives. Uh, we always try to have an opportunity for people to interact mm -hmm. at the workshop during the breaks. Um, we have extended breaks uh, where people stand around and start chatting with the authors, and you know, um, understand what the issues are, such as you know issues with counting alpha particles or issues with measuring errors mm -hmm. or counting mm -hmm. errors in the semiconductor. Uh, there's a lot of challenges, and we the workshop we always have um, a panel discussion at the uh, either after lunch or at the end to try mm -hmm. to bring up all the new issues that we need to understand for the the following year. Even though because we try to address them, but there's not at the, when something gets brought up at the panel discussion, you know we'll, we'll note it as a problem, but and the experts will discuss it, but there isn't enough time to really try to fully address it and then so we'll usually get to it the next year sure rick i i know you're one, you're one of the speakers at the workshop but are there any other talks that you're particularly looking forward to well this year we have talks in um this year we have talks in um uh, fpgas mm -hmm. and fpgas are uh, a different type of uh, I was going to say a different type of IC because it uses a lot of SRAM bit cells mm -hmm. to hold logic. And SRAM bit cells are the um, the bit cells that are more susceptible to a, an error because it, it's, its state gets upset easily. So they do a lot of mitigation in FPGAs to handle, um, to reduce the error rate in mm -hmm. that bit cell. And then also if that bit cell that's handling logic gets upset. They do a lot of mitigation by uh, identifying it and correcting it quickly. 
And all that is very specific to FPGAs. You won't see that in other, you know, like CPUs or um, memory chips and things like that. Right. So those are that's uh, some of the uh, one of the unique uh, papers that's coming this year. Uh, the other things we'll see more of is more of uh, we have m- more paper on measurement techniques of the alpha particle, which is all we've always had papers on measurement techniques. Sure. Uh, because one of these things when we started this workshop was uh, the measurement technique of measuring alpha particles was actually uh, the error in the counts were actually very high. Uh-huh. And what has come about with this workshop is there has been uh, new techniques in how to count alpha particles now. And as that new technique came out, I don't remember exactly, maybe about seven, six, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And it came out, and as people started using it, and they had a lot of of uh, uh, beta sites using it, and got a lot of feedback and all the improvements there's been many many improvements due to what people have found uh there's you know we found there's different effects you know radon effects cosmic effects and uh other effects that cause errors in the counting but uh, everything has continued to improve so this year there'll be a paper on uh kind of wrapping up all the improvements that has happened in that type of counting technique for alpha particles. As a, so, yeah, I, I assume as a result of improving the measurement techniques, you're finding new phenomenon, I mean, uh, new uh, failure modes, possibly. Yeah, I think uh, um, in improving the measurement technique, is we've um, well, we're able to more accurately predict where where we are. That's the first one. Sure. But secondly. Now we can identify, better identify exactly where the materials are because before the materials were all getting into the noise level of our measurement techniques. Ah, now we can separate which materials are better and drive our, our drive all the way down our supply chain to try to get better materials. Interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you've been doing this for the last eight years. Um, I uh, so this is really becoming uh, established as an annual event. What have been some of the highlights from some of the previous years? Um, let's see. I think, um, some of the highlights have been, um, maybe just the broad diverse or or us learning about the diversity of the group that, Mm -hmm. that comes to this uh, meeting as we start seeing papers, um, we start seeing papers that are some physics type based. In fact, uh, the alpha counting techniques that we are using are, Coming from the dark matter search. Uh, wow! Research. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. So that's that. That that was some of the. I mean, more some of the interesting stuff that we're learning. That we are pushing the envelope. Um, and then the other thing we've learned is that um, that this this problem is or was industry wide of people getting high alpha error rates. There's mm-hmm. been papers showing how they're related to. Uh, the physical location, and then how that physical location turned out to be around a solder bump, because the solder was not uh, very pure. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah so the, the some of the uh, FA papers, the fair analysis that shows that that showed root cause, because a lot of people say, how do you really know this was due to alpha? Hmm, good point. Um, so there were some papers there that that found root cause. Which were very enlightening, uh, because up to now a lot of people you you can test uh, the and then 
um, but you can never know if what you saw previously, you can't reproduce, it's very hard to reproduce alpha figures. It's just a, a random event when a, a particle decays. Right. So that's, I think, um, some of the, the, oh, the other, we have some other uh, major papers, which is uh, papers on unaccelerated testing. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So unaccelerated <laughs> testing is, is, is exactly what it sounds like. You look f – so failures, these soft errors are caused by – at terrestrial level, the failures are caused by neutrons that comes – cosmic neutrons and alpha particles. Okay. So if you really want to know what your alpha particle failure rate is, you look only at the alpha particle and remove the neutrons. The way you remove the neutrons is test underground. Sure. You that use makes the sense. Earth, yeah, you use the earth as your – uh, attenuator and we've had a few papers on that too as more and more people try to find the true alpha soft error rate and um, so that that becomes more interesting um, as as uh, the materials get more complex because now there's layers and layers of materials so you may have materials that emit but you also have other layers that are attenuating the alpha particle Yep. So we've seen um, people do Monte Carlo simulations on trying to determine exactly how much the alpha particle comes and affects the device. Right. But that's all simulation. That's why I said these underground measurements tell us the real number, which Got is a uh, yes. But the underground, these underground measurements, you unaccelerated. So now you're talking a year or two of collecting data. Sure. Underground. Yes. That's like yes. the search. This is the search for the neutrino, right? Um, we use similar type underground sites. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, one company that was using this uh, Sudan mine. I think that's in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was it's in the under the Alps in France. Wow. Interesting. Uh, Rick, I've forgotten. Do you have any papers on designing to minimize the effect of soft errors? Or are you, you know, again, I think most of our listeners, reliability, quality engineers, understand that reliability starts with design. And I was just wondering if you're also trying to uh, to, to uh, reach out to the design community. Uh, yes. Um, so from from a memory point of view, if you're talking about soft errors in memory, it's fairly straightforward. Um, you use uh, error correcting codes, and which can handle single bit errors, which for alpha particles, they always tend to be single-bit errors. You don't get multi-bit error because the energy is not enough to upset multiple bits. Got it. So that is usually handled by ECC. Uh, you can also use parity. Um, but I think you know we all ha have seen that parity, you need some type of correction mechanism after mm -hmm. you detect parity. Mm -hmm. And that becomes the challenge because it becomes a lot of software. So that's what we do for memory. It's ECC and parity. But you also have logic upsets. Got it. And that becomes a that is the challenge. The logic upsets are the challenge, mm -hmm. uh, because when you have a logic upset, it's not easy to detect. And then when you de when you do detect, the correction uh, could be much more complicated than you know say ECC where you have a, a code that can correct it. But but. Um, I'm trying to think that have we had papers on it, and I don't think we had too many papers on design techniques other mm -hmm. than uh, ECC and parity from memory. For but we do have papers on how to simulate and calculate the error rate in logic. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. because logic you have a lot of derating there's times when you can get an error in logic and it it won't matter either you're not using that logic or that logic doesn't that got upset doesn't affect the output Hmm. Uh, it's being used, but it, but the output ends up in the correct state. Right. Um, or there's other um, uh, the rating is um, just uh, if there's some uh, timing uh, that it doesn't get clocked, the error doesn't get clocked. So there's there are papers on that on how to handle um, or calculate the the effect of errors in logic. I think you also mentioned materials and supply chain people as well. Are, are you you're generating much interest in that community? Um, early in the conference, we had a lot, a lot of interest, um, but I think uh, because it was everybody was trying to come to grips with what was going on in the supply chain, so um, we had uh, papers from um, uh, assembly companies who, hmm. you know, the people who assemble the packages who are buying the solders. Sure. And we've also had some papers on um, from companies who do isotopic separation. So, because if you buy a lead solder, um, lead 210 uh, emits alpha particles, uh-huh. with decay. Right. Uh, but two, lead 208 is the stable isotope that you want. So, it becomes an isotopic separation uh, uh, issue. And there are companies that do that. And um, there are also other methods of getting, you know, um, l- low alpha lead, which is buying a, a, using old lead, lead mm. that was refined. Because the life, the half life, half life, mm-hmm. yeah, two ten. I don't recall, but it's it's in the ten years range or so. Huh. So if you get old lead, lead that was refined a long time ago, uh, the it's relatively uh, alpha free. Is this another advantage of non lead solder? Actually, um, so when we were using uh, eutectic leaded solders. Mm-hmm. People got very good at removing the, the lead 210. Ah. Then when we first went to uh, non-lead solders, the solders were actually less pure than the eutectic oh, solder when we, wow. when we measured them. Yes, it was a, it was a surprise, but we, I, I caution everybody, lead is only one contaminant. There's all sure. these other uh, alpha emitter contaminants um, in the uranium and thorium decay chain. And we found that uh, when that the uh, alpha particle emission was actually higher. Wow. And it's gotten better, and now it's, you know, uh, now it's actually, you know, um, as good or better than where eutectic solders was uh, when, when we were, were cleaning up eutectic solders. So, Rick, I, again, you're a presenter, but you're also obviously an attendee. Are, are there any new developments or trends that you're especially looking forward to hearing about or discussing? Uh, yes, the the new developments, the the, the papers that uh, get a lot of interest is the uh, sometimes the foundries uh, have put out papers on the technology trends. Mm-hmm. Um, now they already publish uh, their 16 nanometers, so this year we don't have any of those papers, um, but we get them when new nodes, new technology nodes come out, mm-hmm. and what they have shown is that. The going to these uh, FinFET technologies or um, um, the fully depleted um, SOI, going to those technologies, the charge collection due to the alpha particle is much less. Hmm. And we saw 
uh, I would say, roughly, roughly an order of magnitude reduction in the soft error rate per bit. Wow. That's pretty significant. So that's, that's very significant. But we, we have to caution everybody that, that the per bit went down almost in order of magnitude. But you have to remember, our number of bits have increased. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so we still have a problem at the component level. Um, Good point. Yes. Um, if you look at our ASICs, um, the amount of embedded memory we put in there is uh, several, several um, well, I should say maybe a few gigabits now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a fairly large amount of memory in there compared to when I started working uh, at Cisco 10 years ago, we were talking in the tens of, of megabits. So we have increased significantly. It's hard to keep up. I mean, you know, with the increasing number of bits, uh, you've really got to drive down the failure rates. Right. Wow. Well, Rick, this sounds like you're going to have a great conference. Uh, I, it's a great program, uh, and uh, and you and, uh, and and Peng Su have done a great job organizing uh, a set of speakers and uh, providing an opportunity to discuss these important issues. I, I really appreciate you joining us today. Oh, thank you. That was Rick Wong, engineer at Cisco and co-originator of the eighth annual Soft Error Rate Workshop at Juniper Networks in Sunnyvale, California, on November the 3rd, presented by the Santa Clara Valley chapter of IEEE CPMT. For more information about the workshop, check the show notes for today's podcast for the event website. This is Tim Rogers. Thanks for joining us.